to the Gay Life Podcast. I'm Anna Capeless. And I'm Lucy Lomax. And we are here to bring you stories from women's rugby in Ireland and across the world. Yes, that's right. We're here to get women's rugby over the game line and we'll be bringing you interviews with lots of inspirational women who play the game and we really hope you enjoy. So welcome everyone to episode five of the game line podcast. There's again quite a few things to run through this week. So um, Anna, what do you make of firstly the Premier 15s and Again, Exeter continue their unbeaten run, beating Wasps, which it was a huge game considering Exeter trying to budge their way into the top four. The controversial thing was Kate Older scoring her try at the end, which the officials then said later that she didn't ground the ball. But we didn't have the luxury of a TV replay. You know, as a viewer, one of the probably the most important uh, moment of the game. And it's it's quite, it's very... Um, <laughs> frustrating not to be able to to watch that and actually see for yourself if she grounded it and it's just literally at the discretion of the official and this the uh, referee and the assistant referee who was on that side um so I think good and bad things like great for Exeter that they're real pushing they're really pushing their way into that top four I think there's two points between them and Wasps but Wasps do have a game in hand um but kind of frustrating for Wasps that there was no you know, you couldn't get a second opinion from the video replay. Um, and at times I did watch it and I thought the live stream, like we were saying, it's difficult because you want to be grateful. You want to be thankful that, yeah, great that all the Premier 15s matches are getting live streamed now. Fantastic. But at the same time, you don't get the luxury of replays. Like I said, you don't get um, you don't get to see the ball in the scrum. You don't get real close ups, really. Um, and it's still there's still plenty to be improved with it especially that incident in the end so um yeah what are your thoughts um yeah we have talked about that before about the live streams and I think there was a big deal made this week because there was a lot of shouting from the rooftops saying that every game this weekend was going to be live streamed uh wonderful on some level and then on another, on another level like we've spoken about before and I personally think that the live streams are only okay like they're um the kind of the least acceptable um well format that we should yeah. be accepting now um every game should be live streamed like absolutely every game is recorded anyway you know uh, and premiership teams do make a, a good effort with that that every game will be recorded so that players have you know clips to send their coaches or clips to look back on and um you know learn and improve but the live streams are still have an awful long way to go I would prefer to see at least one game a week live on telly you know with with um such let's call it as it is here I'm sorry to say but you know poor quality footage um you know you watch it once and you kind of don't want to watch it again because you don't get the different angles and you don't get the slow-mo and you don't get the celebration at the end um because the, the live streams are um are so poor like you know we're, we're happy that they're there and you know that's that is a step forward, but come on, like it it needs to be better. So on, on that, and we've spoken about that before, and I think we'll continue to speak about it. I think we should continue to speak about it because it's important for the women's game, um, for people to see how good it is to have good quality footage to regurgitate out into the world. Okay, and I was also just you were mentioning there, Anna, about the footage and 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 that kind of thing within the live streams, and and yeah, I have to say it's it's not it's not 
at the same level, obviously, if it was on terrestrial TV and, and done on BT Sport. And I think Maggie Alfonsi and Emily Scarrett were on BT Sport the other day talking about social media abuse and um, in, in association with International Women's Day. But Maggie said to Craig Doyle, the presenter, like, oh, how great would it be if BT Sport covered the Premier 15s? And so she should say that. So there should be suggestions that that's the case. Thousand percent. Do it. Like, just just do it. <laughs> you've got to start you've got to start somewhere um okay and then before we move on to one of the other things that you're going to mention and um i was just going to say alicia butcher butchers that was a, a good thing to see within the rugby community so the um the wales player she and she plays for bristol bears she she rolled her ankle in training and then went on to find out that her insurance that she had taken out was void because she is paid by bristol bears so she then had to go privately um, rather than waiting on an NHS waiting list and um, needed to fund the operation herself. And within six hours, um, she started a GoFundMe page and she raised over seven, sorry, she raised over 5,000 pounds. So she she was then able to get the operation. Um, I just think it's fantastic that the rugby community came together, but yet again, we're, we're looking at the huge gap between men and women's sports and the fact that Bristol Bears is owned by a billionaire they've got uh they've got world-class players in the men and women set up but you know the, the men especially will be on the the big players in that team will be on huge salaries and it just it just puts it into perspective yet again um the kind of chasm between men and women's rugby yeah 100 and like frustratingly people will learn these things the hard way when you're just on the cost of professionalism not saying that that's any excuse for it for this something like this happening at all but um there will have been things that you know we, as players you didn't think about i'd say she was shocked when she learned that that her insurance didn't cover her yeah. because she was you know receiving money from bristol bears so um yeah very you know bittersweet i suppose moment and you know similar to you know what we were just talking about there about the live stream you know great that it's live streamed but it should be better you know great that the community was there to support her but it should be better you know so that's uh tit for tat at the moment so we're, we're you know hopefully on an upward curve here <laughs> the good news this week came out with the british and irish lions looking to explore the feasibility of a women's team they're launching a a feasibility study which of course is um you know it's, it's a fantastic um advancement in the cause for for a, a women's lions team and I, I i i would love to see that happen in the near future 100 percent, and like it you know I, I suppose again kind of bittersweet where we're like oh it's great that this is happening and then in my mind i'm like it should already be a thing and you get a lot of people arguing online and stuff that like surely it's just going to be the english team but i would i would argue against that i i would say that there's like plenty plenty um players from each of the four home nations to to um to get into that squad and hopefully it happens quick so i can get in there <laughs> and throw my hat in the ring before i retire but sure look if it happens it i, I like hopefully like in, in you know it's announced it's on international women's day and there's a lot of things that happen on international women's day they're like yes we're going forward and then it kind of quietens down afterwards. So, it, you know, for them to have made an announcement, which is a commitment to this, is, uh, is, is pretty good. So I was excited to see that in the news this week, and hopefully we'll see a lot more of it. Okay, so this week we're really excited to introduce Welsh speedster and superstar Jasmine Joyce. 
she's an absolute pleasure to chat to and we hope you enjoy this interview and just listening to her lovely Welsh accent and, and tell us stories about um, her, her rugby journey, which is absolutely fascinating. And we hope you enjoy. Right. OK, so let's get started. Full name. Jasmine Louise Joyce. Where were you born? Pembrokeshire. Where, what is your current location? Uh, Cross hands. What is your profession? A teacher. If you weren't a rugby player, what would you have been? A netball player. Really? Did you play in school? Yeah. So when did you start playing rugby? Uh, well, at the age of seven. So I've started since I was yeah in school. Um, kind of enjoyed all sports like rugby, netball, hockey. Um, but when I was in like secondary, say about 15, 16, I was doing both netball and rugby, like kind of like county level, both of them or whatever. And then it just kind of got too much and kind of needed to choose, not choose, but I kind of just wanted to focus on one. Yeah. And netball at the time was like really bitchy, like girly, girly sport. So I was like that, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> so then rugby was then from that then, yeah. Funny. Um, and Pem- so is that where you went to school in Pembrokeshire? Yeah, so Pembrokeshire. So yeah, St. David's is the 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 city or it's the smallest smallest city in Britain. So yeah, it's tiny. Oh, is it? So yeah. is Pembrokeshire the like the, the county then? County. Oh. Yeah, the, yeah, the county, yeah. Because Pembroke is where the ferry comes in from Ireland. Yeah. <laughs> so I know yeah. that one. <laughs> That's kind of she- yeah, kind of close to where I live. Oh really? Oh cool. I'll call in the next time I'm on the ferry for a cup of tea. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Kavira, I want to ask you as well, it was actually St. David's Day recently. What do you do? Like how do you celebrate it or do you celebrate it? Um, no, I don't celebrate it so much anymore. But when I was younger, kind of like going to school and stuff, me and my brother would dress up. And there's actually a picture on my Instagram of me and like a I don't know, like a lady outfit type thing with a hat, like daffodils, like oh yeah, skirt. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it, it it's celebrated a lot in schools back down where I live, and kind of you the day is evolved around like St David's Day and and cooking every making Welsh cakes and stuff. So yeah, it, it's it's pretty cool down back there. But now, to be honest, nothing. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. It's not like Paddy's Day where it's come this like commercial like, you know festival drink for drinking <laughs> yeah. okay so just for eating welsh cakes do you make welsh cakes i don't but my friend she worked in a in a like a cafe that made welsh cakes and oh my god she is honestly insane at making them literally <gasps> yeah but i can't I, I mean i could make them but they wouldn't be as good as like proper kind of welsh cakes okay, okay. Yeah, i i got introduced to welsh cakes actually when i i went to uni in cardiff and um Oh my God, my friend used to go back to, to Mumbles where she lived in Swansea and bring back her auntie's Welsh cakes. Oh. And they were, yeah, they're incredible. I would, I would yeah. eat them every day if I could make them. I only tried them for the first time last year, like down at Harlequin. Someone brought them down to training. I'd never, I never knew the real thing. I was like, what is this very Welsh cakes? I was missing out. Literally insane because um, Eleanor Snowsell, one of the Welsh girls, her mum makes them. But like she makes like different flavors, like chocolate orange, like oh. chocolate genuine, like they are insane. She actually brought them to training. I think it was last week, and we were like, "That oh my god, these are literally insane." <laughs> oh, Lucy, I reckon for Tail Joe Balakok, which I'm going to explain to you in 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 a while, Jazz. But we should play 
tea or joke Welsh cake (laughs) 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 but we'll get into that later yeah we will get into that later um okay so um Jazz obviously with the news coming out recently about the, the the 15th World Cup being postponed um you know, I think it was a big shock for a lot of people. And um, I can't imagine what it was like as a player to, to kind of receive the news. So um, what, what, yeah, what are your initial reactions to, to the news and how does that kind of impact upon your plans and preparations going forwards? Yeah, I think it is tough when you've got your mind set on something similar to Olympics last year, actually, when, when you've got a goal and you're training towards that, such a big event like the World Cup, it only happens four years. It is tough to take and it came as such a shock to, to all of us um but I haven't really thought about how I feel about it in a way like because I can't change the outcome I haven't thought whether I'm happy sad like obviously there's an element of me which is gutted about it um but then again like before that I have kind of the Olympics and kind of that preparation to focus on so the World Cup was almost like the second thing for, for, to focus on so I'm sure after kind of uh, the the extended Olympic squad um finishes training I'm sure then it'll kick in of of kind of like how I feel because realistically I planned my life that I was going to be busy from March all the way till kind of October but that's going to change now I have to well think about getting a job and and all of that (laughs) yeah that doesn't so how what was the what was your initial reaction when you were announcing that GB squad because like you say like you've got the Olympics to look forward to and you were one of those players who was potentially obviously thinking about you know doing the Olympics and then going and switching to the 15s for the World Cup so yeah what was your initial reaction when you were when you announced into the into the GB squad seven squad yeah I mean I was amazed and and one of the other Welsh girls as well is involved in it Hannah and literally we are literally like best friends so like to do something like that with your best friend not just a teammate is just literally going to be amazing um and yeah to be a full-time athlete as well is what all rugby players want and Unfortunately, us women don't get that so much anymore. But to be a full-time athlete as of March, I think it's, it's just going to be an amazing experience for us. And yeah, to, to be part of such an amazing squad and the girls there, I'm just going to learn and just get so much better at rugby. So yeah, I'm really excited for that. That's so amazing. I'm so like happy for you guys just to, you know, just have it feel really valued, you know, that if you're going to be like full time, pay the same as your male counterparts, which is, you know, totally deserved and, and, um, you know, the, the right thing to do. So I was just so happy when I read that. Do you think it's a positive in a, in a way because, you know, in the initial training squad, there are yourself included, like players that would have been trying to make it into the their country's 15 squad for the World Cup, but potentially having those two tournaments do you think it's now good that they're separate that they're a year apart because I can imagine the amount of training and the amount of camps you have to be this that they're here there and everywhere do you think it's actually probably going to be a positive that you purely if hopefully fingers crossed goes ahead this summer you purely get to focus on the Olympics and then you'll purely get to focus on the world 15s world cup yeah I think that's a way of looking at it positively um absolutely because yeah, realistically, yeah, we would have been balancing 15s and 7s right the way through till till October. Um, so I think that is a positive in a way. But they the like GB guys, Welsh, Scottish, all the different nations were so wet, did so good at kind of having knowledge about how to balance yeah. our workload. So we were already in such a good kind of route to to be managed properly and, and be able to do them both. 
um, it was almost you just got your head around, okay, I'm going to be doing 15s and 7s and, and vice versa. But yeah, as a positive from the outcome to look at it 100%, it's like it's going to work in, I think, in our favour because we're going to be able to rest our bodies a little bit more and mentally as well. We, I can mentally just focus on 7s because um, I think it would have been maybe like half the half the GB squad now would have been looking to get into a into their Nations World Cup squad as well. So there would have been a chunk of us doing them both um, which would be an insane summer but like you say like spread them out a bit (laughs) (laughs) do you have a preference you probably get asked this all the time yeah um yeah I I prefer sevens in an element it 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 suits me better it suits my game like I like space like like a fast game but to be fair playing with Bristol um has given me an opportunity to to be able to find space and actually play with like run with the ball so that's been a, a, a positive but sevens is definitely my favorite <laughs> yeah yeah and you mentioned there Bristol um, Jazz how has it been playing in the league obviously being able to do so has been incredible because of so much domestic competitions have been scrapped haven't they about the last kind of over the last year or so but um how has it been going with Bristol recently obviously Kim Oliver your head coach has left um and, and some of the results haven't quite gone your way. Has it been a challenging time or do you feel like you're building and kind of growing as a team as the weeks go by? Yeah, like to start with Bristol, like it, it was an amazing experience. Like I was so glad I went there and I'm, I'm still glad I, I, I've gone to Bristol just because I've been able to improve my game. And there's, there's what, about 10 of us Welsh girls actually in, in that Bristol squad. So we're actually developing as individuals, but also having an opportunity to develop like as a squad as well. So sometimes the back three, so both the wingers and the fullback, we're all we're all Welsh. So like to get that connections with each other has just been amazing. And there's so much girls who weren't really seen in Welsh, like were just kind of a background player. They've come to to Bristol and they they've literally like shone through and like it's been an amazing experience for them, as well as them putting their name out there. Now they're like, okay, yeah, right, actually she's really good. So Bristol has been a massive like um, I don't know like impact in, in me growing my game and I know it has been for the others as well obviously with the loss of Kim like it's, it's never great mid-season losing a coach um, I'm sure a lot of rugby players have been through that it's the it's the brutality of the game but um, yeah I think we just yeah I hate losing as well but yeah we are we, we haven't been doing as well as maybe we thought but and sometimes we're not expected to win like we go into a game hoping to win but there's realities about it as well but I think It'd just be nice for for us to to get positive performances in. I think that's such a like a, a go to for us now. We just need to play well as a team, like regardless of the outcome, and just yeah, just play well. Jazz, what's it been like um, in the Wales camp? A kind of obviously previously to the World Cup announcement, but just like planning for the Six Nations and preparing, and and, and another new head coach in Warren Abrahams. How do you go? Do you players um, meet up every weekend for for, inter, for training camps internationally, or is what's the kind of schedule like? Um, so we meet every Monday. So every Monday, and then we're released to go and play for club every Tuesday, Thursday. Then. Um, which is yeah which is good because if we had any more training then we would just be like mentally physically drained but no Welsh at the moment is it's really exciting environment like obviously yeah like you said we've got a new coach in probably our fifth in the last year <laughs> but like it's an it's in a really exciting time for us and, and what Warren is doing with the squad is just amazing like I get so excited to go to training because of, of the training we do there and um, yeah like the excitement he's bringing in and he's bringing players out of their shells as well. Like 
like I said before, like some people get kind of fizzled into the background, but like everyone now is like, oh my God, yeah, she's training class. Like it's, yeah, it's just a really exciting environment to be in. And um, obviously getting that World Cup's cancelled because I thought we were really like progressing. Um, but we've got Six Nations now to kind of see where we're actually at because with Warren being head coach, we haven't had um, any games as such yet. So I'm really excited to see kind of what we can do against, well, France and Ireland now in the Six Nations. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sorry. No. Oh, I was just going to ask. So do you spend the entirety of Monday training? Would you have to take that off your normal day of work? Uh, no. So it's just in the evening. So we get on a Monday, we get there for five. Um, we have gym, kind of like a meeting, some skills, and then we'll have training till about nine. So yeah, we're there from about five till nine um, every Monday then, yeah. How long is like the longest drive for someone coming on a Monday? Probably Lisa, maybe like four hours like there and then four hours back. Like genuinely, like, it's, it's insane. Like the girls that do that, like it does make me question. I, I, I would do it. Obviously you would do it. You, you yeah. pay for your country. But like I, I used to have to do that because I used to live back in St. David. So it used to have to be like a three hour drive to train and a three hour, hour drive back. Mm. But for the girls to do that, like the, some of the girls have done that ever since they've been in the squad. So like I, I did it for what a summer, I think. So and it genuinely like screwed me over because like it, job wise as well, like you have to ask for the day off work and then you're so tired getting back home late at night there. And like and even now, like I'm I'm only an, an hour and a half to train in. I'm I still get the kind of effects of being fatigued, like going to bed at like eleven, like but we can't moan because literally the girls are traveling like double, triple what we are. So yeah, it's, it, I don't think people understand like what, what we go through as well. Like, and the traveling, the work, then you have to get up at seven for work, have to get up seven to train and vice versa. So yeah, yeah it, it, it's tough on your bodies. I'm yeah. Mentally. And I find a lot, like, especially between training sessions, if you're sitting in your car a really long time, it's really hard on like your lower back and hips so you have to do extra mobility on top of that again yeah 100 percent. I've started putting like a, a pillow type thing behind my literally feel like I'm 80 years old like a pillow behind my back um when sitting in my car um yeah. just because my posture is now now I'm like sulking like this like yeah need to start doing that yeah but like back wise like hamstrings hip flexors like gone <laughs> yeah especially when you're really trying to like you know push yourself in the gym and like get you know keep keep increasing the, the load that you're putting through your legs and then you go and sit in your car for three four hours like it's just so counterintuitive really but this is just the the way the game is at the moment at this moment in time and we we have to keep powering on to make sure that our teams are successful so that more support will come and that just you know some like these journeys you know girls won't have to make these kind of journeys you know going forward and in the future I want to ask you though Jazz who how much of the Welsh squad is playing in the Prem pretty much pretty much everyone yeah there's a there's I say a handful of girls that maybe aren't um playing we've actually had um a fair, fair few not a lot of new girls come in recently obviously our Six Nations squad has been announced hmm. so the new some of the new girls aren't playing in the Prem so yeah maybe like 10 girls Maybe that's a bit too, like too many, um, as in it could be less than that. But yeah, not not many aren't playing in the club. I think that's essential for us because we're not getting any any game time. Like, and we haven't, if you haven't played in, in the Prem, you haven't had game time for a year plus. Yep. So I think 
now it's really important especially next year now it's going to be the same and mm-hmm. um, maybe only six nations games and maybe a few autumn internationals mm-hmm. it's really essential that actually everyone by the mm-hmm. end by the start of next season is playing in the premiership otherwise mm-hmm. like you're not individually you're not going to get better yeah I think yeah. it's doubly great for you, for the Welsh players like you say Jazz because there's what a group of 10 of you in Bristol um, I know there's a, a clan of you in at Gloucester Hartbury and, and Exeter Chiefs actually is starting to have you know all those southerly based England teams um, sorry southerly based teams in England are, are kind of collecting their own like group of Welsh players which just to get to know your, your teammates better and know how they play that must be just something that you can't really replicate anywhere else so. yeah 100% and and our fullback at the moment like she she just got injured now so unfortunately but it's not not too bad but our fullback for Bristol and then fullback for Wales as well like she was on fire so like and the connection then that I'm building with her as a like a a, a back three kind of partnership is just I would never have got that if I didn't sign for Bristol and then like going to Wales then it would just be mm-hmm. a brand new partnership to, to grow and I know there's loads of well there's loads of back row um in um in Bristol now who were staying with Wales so it, yeah nine ten partnership so it's, it's it's a really positive um kind of yeah thing environment to be in amazing yeah amazing. um just before we jump to our tail joke bottle of coke to kind of round up my my last question is around um like it always intrigues me when I speak to wingers because obviously that's your DNA um and like you were saying you love to have the space and ball in hand and areas like you know running with the ball um as a winger, do you find that's a massive part of your your DNA, like your speed? Do you work on your sprint technique a lot, or just you know, do you kind of as a back three get coached in this in a similar way, or is it, or you know, how much of your identity do you kind of put on how fast you are and your ability to kind of evade players um, and score tries effectively as well? Yeah, I think if people say you're a winger, you're like, oh, you must be fast then, or or, or you score the tries which is effectively what winger's kind of job or whatever is. But I don't, I don't really do any alternate or different training to kind of the backs as such. So like the speed stuff is still the same. Um, obviously I'll, I'll partner up with someone the same speed as me. Um, you mentioned about sprint technique, practicing sprint technique. My sprinting technique is appalling. Like my back bends, like it's so bad. And uh, S&C coaches have just, start, just said now to me, like, I'm not even going to try and change it like you're fast enough like I'm not even going to try and change it but um yeah just yeah do the same stuff to be fair as as all the backs um I'm trying to work on my kicking now so that's something I want to like bring into my game because um yeah it's something that there's not much space so if I if I do have the opportunity to kick I then have like another kind of tool in my my basket to to be able to do because yeah it gets boring and it kind of protects you then because if you've kicked it you know you can't be tackled so it gives you more time like running so you're just trying to avoid getting tackled at all (laughs) just kick and run yeah i love it obviously both you players um both you guys played for the barbarians um what was that experience like and and do you think obviously we've not heard too much about other other ma- matches to be planned obviously with the COVID and everything else coming up but um what was it like to, to wear that barbarian shirt and and be part of that kind of the women's barbarians which obviously is such a new concept oh yeah genuine like as you probably know as well like it was genuinely like the best rugby experience of my life like really? obviously like you've got Olympic Games and World Cup like they're they're amazing in itself but as in like I don't know how to explain it there was no pressure like if we lost we would have still had the same like great energy atmosphere fun like 
but it was genuinely the yeah the best rugby experience of my life and we won in the last play um of the game so genuine like it was insane um and the whole week we were in Colorado Australia um America as well so being in a place like that a nice warm country it was really tough to play in because we were at such such high altitude so like the first five minutes we were like blowing but yeah the whole thing about it like the girls like again going back to like meeting so many different nations like different cultures like the Kiwis are insane like just a bringing like fun but yeah like no pressure genuine like yeah best rugby experience of my life we have um a little section jazz called tail joke bottle of coke but we can change it to tail joke welsh cake today <laughs> so you have a choice you can tell us either a funny joke or uh, a funny rugby story and you have to make myself and lucy laugh and if you don't make us laugh you have to send us welsh cakes okay. <laughs> um quite have the same ring to it does it but still <laughs> it i love it though tail joke welsh cake <laughs> so I can't remember where we were going. I think it was a sevens tournament. We were like in France and we were coming back from France and we're in the airport. We had our food. So I'd put like all my food in, in my back rucksack. And then I was checking my rucksack. because Someone said to check your rucksack to check, make sure you haven't got anything in. Check through it. And just before we were about to go into the, the, the BB, like metal thing, I found a knife in my bag, like a metal knife, like not a big one, like just like a one you use to eat. <laughs> And I was like, oh, my God, like, I obviously didn't want to get it out. Like, I'm in, like, in an airport. I was like, oh, my God, I've got a knife. I've got a knife in my back. Like, what do I do? But then I kept it in there. So I kept it in there at the bottom. And I was like, oh, God, I really hope it doesn't, like, beep. Because, like, I couldn't get it out. I couldn't. Oh, yeah. I, I, people were looking at me. I was like, I can't get it out. Like, literally can't get it out. And then I, I put, my, put the bag on the, the BP thing. And luckily, they, it didn't, didn't beep. Oh, yeah, they never spotted it. it. <laughs> yeah, it was, but it was you know like a yeah like a, a blunt knife, but still yeah. like surely that should get picked up. <laughs> you could have held the whole plane like hostage with your little butter knife. <laughs> Literally. Okay, so for minor rugby star of the week this week, we had a few entries in. With it being International Women's Day, we we got sent quite a few different videos, um, and it was really exciting to see. The first one came from Rob, who is from um, the Ulster Rugby Women's and Girls Committee. He's the youth representative, and um, he's a fan of the podcast. And he mess- messaged to say, "Hi guys, thought you'd be interested in this video that we did here at Newry." RFC to commemorate International Women's Day and celebrate girls and women's rugby. And there was a, a video sent, which was um, they have planted some snowdrops to kind of represent the the year of COVID and how just to commemorate the tough times, really, and to be able to look back in the future and, and see the snowdrops come through every spring and be like, yeah, we went through some tough times, but, you know, it's getting brighter. I thought it was a really like nice sentiment and also he sort of made the comparison in the video between how snowdrops are actually they look quite delicate but they're actually really resilient and hardy and they can survive the frost and they they can get trampled on but they'll still come up and keep growing and reappear the next year sort of thing so I thought that's quite a nice association to make so um that was from Rob what do you what do you make of that Anna? I absolutely love that like anything to kind of like 
you know, pique your interest as a team and, and like stick together. And even, you know, something as simple as like gardening, you know, like to, to there's so many different types of people on a team that that will be like, oh, you know, I, I love getting outside and being in the garden and like showing different like um, things that you're into. And, and like you say, a flower that seems so delicate it's like able to withstand all these like different things that are thrown at it like exactly like female rugby players and girls in rugby so I absolutely love that sentiment from the girls in Nuri and like thanks so much for Rob for sending that in because that's the kind of stuff we want to hear and hopefully spreading it out there will spread a bit of joy and um, will inspire people themselves to kind of bring their own team together in, in a similar way. We've also had another entry from um and I, again, my pronunciation will probably fail me here, but um, from Aoife Guinan. 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 So wrong. Aoife <clears throat> has sent in uh, a clip of herself where she was on, uh, she plays for um, Dublin City University, talking about what she wants to see changed within women's rugby. And she did it, she did, she, expressed her views on a DCUM, DCU FM broadcast for International Women's Day. So well done, Aoife. I asked a few questions off the back of it. She says she's studying PE with biology. And um, basically she, the idea is um, how she wants to change women and girls sport, both by supporters of the sport and non-supporters. Um, she was saying that I want to change how women's sport and female athletes are, are perceived by both supporters of the sport and non-supporters. I was inspired when you and Anna we're talking a couple of weeks ago that term ladies sport or women's sport implies that it's different to men's sport and viewed as being inferior as a result when the opposite is true i also want to change people's perceptions yes, <laughs> i also want to change people's perceptions of the stereotypical female athlete people think that female athletes have to look and dress masculine and they have to be tomboys some people think that women can't go out and play a match in the morning then have a shower dress up hair make up the works and head out in the evening so that's the idea that girls can be yeah girls can be truly inspirational um and you know the fact that they they don't have to be you know masculine and they don't have to be anything they're just who they are so um Aoife like thank you for sending that in we completely agree congratulations to Aoife and Rob on behalf of their um their associated clubs we will be sending you some Rhino Rugby goodies and you're both our Rhino Rugby star of the week for this week Keep your entries coming in for our Rhino Rugby Star of the Week competition. We will read out new entries every week. It can be a new skill that you mastered over lockdown. It can be a funny picture. It really can be anything. So please do tag us in your posts at Gainline Podcast or you can email us at gainlinepodcast at gmail.com. So next week we are going to be joined by Lauren Delaney, who is obviously one of your teammates in the Island Squad, Anna. Um, it was great to speak to Lauren, wasn't it? And then all about the food and the different nutritional learnings that she's taken from her practice into being an international athlete and, and also hearing her rugby journey as well, which was quite different to, I'd say, the norm. Definitely Lauren has uh, a really lovely story and she's great crack and great to listen to. And we learned a lot from her as well, from the nutritional side of things. So tune in next week to hear from Lauren Delaney and to have the crack with us here on the Gainline Podcast. Join in, follow us on Gameline Podcast, and we will chat to you very soon. Good luck. Thanks for listening.